We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, Her Hoop Stats fans, welcome to another episode of the Her Hoop Stats Unplugged podcast. As always, you're here with Megan Gower, and today I'm joined by Calvin Wetzel from our Her Hoop Stats team. Hey, Calvin, how's it going? Hey, Megan, I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. Happy uh, end of the WNBA season, I guess. Kind of sad that it's already over. Yeah, I feel like it. Uh, I told Gabe this the other day in our show. It feels like it started a couple weeks ago, and it also started like you know a decade ago. It's <laughs> time is weird these days. I don't know how to figure out time anymore, but it's it's it a crazy crazy season. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you could say the same thing in general. Just about like this year, like <laughs> feels like yeah. it started two weeks yeah, ago, yeah. and also a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely a crazy season. Obviously, like huge props to this, like the league and Kathy Engelbert and everyone that was involved to pull it all off and like have them make it through with no positive COVID tests, make it through to a full like playoff situation, a championship. So. I feel like when it all started, we were kind of like, is this going to work or in like two weeks, is it going to be shut down? So definitely yeah. excited that we got through it all. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, you know, if any of our listeners follow any other sports, I mean, like baseball had all sorts of trouble, like the NFL is like having a lot of trouble right now. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, uh, I get that, you know, the, the WNBA has less teams, less players kind of an advantage, but still like you, they made it work, you know, it bubbles work and uh you know props to them for it's it has to be hard to be away from your family and whatnot you know just emotionally in that bubble for several months so props to all of them for for making it work 
Yeah, definitely. I think it was a Kayla McBride that in like the post game press conference after the last game was like, I love my teammates, but damn, I just like miss my mom. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine like just being <laughs> isolated from like pretty much all the people you care about other than like your teammates for that long. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's weird to think, you know, and the, the season started late July, but I mean, they got there before that, you know, for mm-hmm. for workouts and practices. So it really was three or four months that they were gone. It's, it's, uh, I think fans as fans, it's easy to kind of forget about the emotional and mental side of that. Uh, and just, just think about the physical grind of playing every other day, but it's an emotional grind too. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we've all seen like a probably lesser version or for most of us, probably at least a lesser version of that dealing with this than our own, but yeah, kind of as things started to like open up a little bit here, they like all just hunkered back down. So um, definitely got to be rough, especially after a couple months of like not being able to leave the house. And then now a couple months of not leaving the bubble. I think it was Holly Rowe had a pretty good like Instagram story today of her like out on a boat, like freedom. And I was like, I'll be celebrating. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm sure the storm had had that, you know, somewhere in the back of their minds or at least their subconscious in that second half too. like, just get this over with because, uh, you know, yeah. we want to go home. <laughs> yeah, drink some champagne and then get the hell out of here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah, let's talk about the final sound. So obviously, CL Storm, second championship in three years, sweep the aces. We were kind of talking about off air here, like kind of felt like it was over by halftime of that third game. Um, I mean, the first two games at least kept it interesting. They just won by, I think, 13 points in each of those, but just like kind of you could tell that they could taste it at the end of that third game and just ran away with it. Yeah, you know, you feel bad for the Aces. They they obviously worked so hard to get there. And Dierka Hamby, I mean, they, I don't think they were going to win the series, but they, they probably would have got a game in there. Um, and I don't think they would have lost by 30 in the last game. Um, so that was tough. Uh, but yeah, you got to get the credit to the storm. Like that team was really, you know, the best team from the start. They got the two seed because they didn't really care about getting the one seed, uh, in the last mm-hmm. day. I think that game really mattered to them on the last day of the regular season. Brianna Stewart's probably, probably playing, um, which she didn't, but, uh, they, they were the best team from start to finish. Um, of the season and of this finals and it means so much you know I'm interested to hear your thoughts about the you know Sue Bird's legacy and Brianna Stewart's legacy I think in particular yeah I mean I'll start with Sue Bird because this is incredible right now four championships she's been like a huge part of each of those championship teams she's gonna be 40 what next week the week after and she was played just such a big role down the stretch for the storm Obviously, she kind of had her struggles during the season with in- injuries and didn't get a ton of minutes and games in during the regular season. But I mean, that first game when she just like, what was it, 16 assists, like WNBA record. It's like, yeah, I might be turning 40 next week, but <laughs> I'm still one of the best point guards in the WNBA. So it's kind of really awesome, I think, to see her go off and win another championship. You know, just to your point about the record, I mean, it was a playoff record, but uh, Courtney Vandersloot had that 18 assist game a month or so ago, uh, that set the record with, if she wouldn't have had that game, that 16 assist by Sue Bird actually just would have been a record period, including the regular season, uh, which is wild to think about at, like you said, a week from her 40th birthday. Uh, and she, she won her first championship 16 years ago. It, 
it's hard to think of players, you know, no one's in, done that in the WNBA uh, 16 years apart or, or won a championship in three decades, but it's really hard to think of players in any sport. Um, you know, Gabe is a big historian I mentioned on, we were talking on his show. Uh, he, uh, he mentioned to me that there are two NBA players who have done that. And the NBA is like three times as old as the WNBA. Um, and only two players ever have done that. So to win a championship in three different decades, uh, and not just to be on a championship team, to actually be a significant part and be, you know, the floor general and kind of the the common thread uh, between all of those teams too, um, is just such such a you know important part of her legacy. I think in uh, this one, really, you know, not that not that any of us needed to needed any sort of confirmation that she is. Uh, one of the if best players and not the best player of all time uh, in that conversation. But uh, this, this kind of gave us, gave us that confirmation, you know, that we, that we didn't, didn't need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, just an incredible kind of three game stretch from her, but also just clearly like what made Seattle's offense kind of really run so smoothly throughout these playoffs, which was a huge part of why they were able to kind of just run away with the sweep. Like the, I think it was maybe the, second game that they had assists I think in like the second quarter on like virtually every shot that they made um it was just really efficient sharing of the ball efficient offense I mean obviously it helps in addition to super that you have plenty of players on the court that can score but uh, yeah just a really incredible performance for her and she's so good too at at sorry just uh at keeping her head up and looking up the floor and everyone on the storm is so good at running the floor, you know, Natasha Howard, Brianna Stewart, all their bigs, they know if they run the floor, they're going to get the ball. And as soon as they get that rebound or they get a turnover or whatever the case, uh, Sue Bird's head is up and she's going to advance the ball, uh, you know, and beat everyone down the court because you can't run faster than the ball. You just can't. So that it doesn't matter if the aces are booking it back on defense, uh, a Sue Bird pass is going to beat them all down the court. Um, and, and that's what, that's what stood out to me the most is just, uh, her passing and transition. Um, and I think just, you know, making those really long kind of touchdown passes, if you want to call them, that was, it's so fun to watch. Uh, it's at any age, but it's especially, you know, fun to, fun to watch someone who, who has been around for so long. I mean, she played against Cynthia Cooper <laughs> and someone who's been around for that long to be doing it at such a high level. Yeah, I totally agreed with that. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I have to imagine that one of the ways that Seattle really beat Vegas in this series was kind of getting the edge on those points in transition. I wish I had the number up, but I don't. But I think we just saw that a ton from Seattle in this series and not so much from Vegas, partially because that point guard role, I think, is something that they struggle with a little bit. But um, just an incredible performance from Subert. And then, of course, Brianna Stewart, we have to talk about as well. That first game was just absolutely insane it was like hello do you not remember that i'm one of the best like basketball players in the world because i am <laughs> yeah i definitely before i get to brianna stewart real quick I, I pulled up the number you were just asking about uh at least one of them fast break points uh storm had nine fast break points per game i'm actually su- uh, surprised it wasn't a little bit higher but the Ve- uh vegas had five so it was still almost double what vegas did um <laughs> But so, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, uh, that was one of the big keys and, you know, how they 
won this series. Uh, but yeah, in terms of Brianna Stewart, um, you know, I mentioned this on our pregame show the other day too. I, th- I think I, I want to know what you think. You're a UConn fan. Uh, you've been following her for longer than I have. I think when you talk about, you know, the goat conversation, it's hard to talk about a 26 year old in the goat conversation, but I think she's entered the chat. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. the, the goat chat. I think, I don't think she is the goat yet. I don't think that's fair. Uh, you know, she, she, she has some work to do certainly in her career to kind of maybe cement her stuff with that status, but, but she's entered the chat. I think we can start uh, having that conversation, you know, if, if she wins, you know, another MVP or another ring um, at that point, you know, is she, is she the goat, you know, just, just straight up by the time she's 30? I mean, maybe, I don't know. Uh, what do you think? I think it's very possible, right? For like me, you can't get on Diana Taurasi is currently the person that I would say is, you know, the greatest of all time. But Stewie is fast approaching that. I mean, I think if she had never come back from this Achilles injury, like that was just like the last game she ever played. Like she still would have been a Hall of Famer at what if she retired at 26, 25 years old, she would have been a Hall of Famer. Like that's absolutely insane to think about. But she definitely would have been. Um, I mean, what she did in college is just like obviously never been done before. Who knows if it'll ever be done again? an insane kind of performance but she's translated that to the w very quickly seattle was kind of building right when they got her and drew lloyd and like back-to-back drafts but took her what two years to win an mvp award two years to win a championship she's out last season comes right back was in the conversation one of the favorites to be mvp again this year gets edged out by asia but then wins the finals and wins finals mvp again so well on her way. I won't. I highly doubt it's going to take more than a couple other seasons to see another ring, probably, and another MVP award for her. So definitely yeah. on her way. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned, you know, her college uh, career too. It's. Uh, I mean, when you talk about the Hall of Fame, it's the basketball Hall of Fame, right? You're taking into account the whole kind of body of work. And I don't know if anyone, you know, men's or women's, has had as good of a college basketball career as Brianna Stewart. I mean, statistically, maybe Sabrina, uh, but she didn't win any championships, which, you know, might not be, I mean, she could have won one last year. Not, not necessarily fair to take that away from her, but, but Brianna Stewart won four of them Mm -hmm. and had like as good of a statistical college career and has been doing it at that level in the WNBA too. Um, I just, I just don't know who, I don't think there's a comparison. Yeah, no, I don't think so either, because I'd add in on Brianna Stewart's college career that obviously credit to the level of the UConn team that was around her, but I mean, she did that, blew out pretty much every team they played for four years, playing like 25, maybe 30 minutes a game, like she wasn't on the court 40 minutes a game either, so just like was so good, I feel like people like lose sight of that, because when you talk about those UConn teams, they were just so good as team as a whole but she was so good that like this UConn team would be up by 40 going into the fourth quarter you could just put her on the bench she didn't she didn't have to play kind of down the stretch or any there were no late game situations for UConn it just like was not a thing um I don't remember that from being I was like I graduated from UConn the same year that Stewie did so that's like what my college experience of watching UConn college basketball was was just like you knew after a quarter basically that what the end score was gonna be yeah, or before the tip-off, even, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, a phenomenal series for her. And she's uh, she's uh, she's a joy to watch play on both ends yeah. of the court. 
um, because she's just so she's so mobile at six four and such a problem on. I mean, she she's a knockdown shooter, but she's such a problem on defense, even on the perimeter. She just makes life so difficult. Like if I were a guard, you know, I would hate so much playing against any team with Brianna Stewart on it. Not because she's going to guard me, but because she's going to trap me on ball screens and I'm going to turn it over every time. Or she's going to use, you know, that 10 foot wingspan to poke it from behind. <laughs> and uh, it's just going to be miserable. It makes life miserable for, for opposing at opposing, uh, you know, offensive players of any position, which is, uh, I, I mean, it's to me, that part of her game is just, just as good as her offense. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Though I have to say, I think my favorite Brianna Stewart moment from the series was just her and that like post game presser with the bottle of champagne and the goggles on. It's like this is just yes. perfect. Full <laughs> swag <image>. mode. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it was just great. I don't know. <laughs> I love that to see is it, but... Brianna Stewart. Like in an yeah. image, that is Brianna Stewart. <laughs> I think it was. I think it might have been the yes. <laughs> um. I think it might have been the UConn blog, I forget who it was that tweeted it, but like where people were kind of like, oh, is this like typical? And they're like, do you do remember that like Stewie's senior year in college, he brought like a full on like sword to the championship game and they were like <laughs> knighting the seniors when they won. Like, yeah, this is pretty normal. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is who she is. Yeah, but... Um... <laughs> No, just so awesome to see, obviously. Such a good comeback story, too, right? Like, she injured her Achilles just over a year ago, plays her first game in January with Team USA, actually against UConn. It's kind of just getting back out in the court and then to come back this WNBA season and just be at the level she was all regular season and then be able to step it up even more in the playoffs to get the second ring. It's incredibly impressive. Yeah, and you know it's it's easy to forget. I mean, she she uh, had that Achilles injury. I want to say it was April uh, mm-hmm. a year ago. Is that right? Late April. Um, yep. And so the pandemic started. You know, at least here, uh, like early March. It had been ten or eleven months since her injury. She was not fully rehabbed yet. Um, when in the pandemic started, things were shutting down. I mean, she had to kind of finish off her rehab. Uh, so to speak, with basically nothing open. Um, yep. And, I, you know, she was able to, uh, I actually interviewed her for a piece around that time. She was able to to go in. Um, yeah, I mean, she's Brianna Stewart. She knows people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was able to go into a, to a facility, um, but she also had to do a lot of stuff at home. Uh, she did those Red Bull push-ups. Do you follow her on Instagram? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. She, she did stuff like that. Uh, I mean, she had to get creative. So it's the comeback stories. I mean, even more impressive to me when you kind of put it in that perspective. Um, but what I'm looking forward to, speaking of comeback stories, is Rihanna Stewart versus Elena Deladon again, because we've been robbed of that matchup for two years straight now after getting that, you know, in the finals uh, in 2018. And hopefully, finally, in 2021, we can get that matchup again. Uh, I think that's the matchup that, you know, the WNBA needs to see. 
Yes, I totally agree with that. We've gotten totally robbed with having the two of them healthy on the court. I mean, even Elena Del Don last season was incredible, but she still wasn't fully healthy. Like, it was, I think, three herniated discs that she was playing with in the final or something crazy. Um, so it's like the this year, last year it was that. This year it was Alyssa Thomas's shoulders, I guess. But, um, yeah, we just <laughs> need the two of them healthy on the court to face up against each other. It should be so much fun to see. It absolutely will. Although, as a fan who kind of roots for the underdog, I, I, uh, I can't, you know, necessarily say that I'm rooting for both of them to meet up in the finals again. Uh, you know, I like to see new teams that haven't won. But uh, then there's the other side of me that just really loves good basketball. That like really wouldn't complain if they did meet up in the finals because it it would be hard to you know script something more fun to watch than that. Totally true. Though it's so interesting that they could getting off from the finals here, but like the free agency, like things we saw it kind of change everything in a way this year. And when you look at the list of free agents that are kind of up this coming year, it's very well could be a very different landscape going into the 2021 season. Yeah, I was, you know, that's a good segue. Uh, I was going to ask you, what do you think? Uh, do you think the storm will stay together? I mean, I don't know all the free agent details. I'm certainly not a, a, a contracts expert um <laughs> but uh i mean i do know sue bird's contract is up uh and i do know natasha howard uh is a free <laughs> agent um and you know we can talk about the aces in a little bit too uh just where they go from here but what do you do you think the storm do you think this core group will stay together so partially like i don't see like sue bird probably has year for lucky two years left right like I don't see her finishing out her career I mean you never know because I guess we saw Simone Augustus do it this year but uh, I don't see her leaving Seattle to like finish out that last year or two but like you said Natasha Howard is up Alicia Clark is also up so they're gonna have some decisions to make in free agency because those are two players that are both especially Alicia Clark after the season she had this year are in the market for some like pretty heavy contract deals. So I don't know off the top of my head what Seattle's cap situation is, but I have a feeling it could be challenging for them to keep that whole group together with the kind of um, contracts that those two could sign elsewhere. So it'll be interesting to see. I'll kind of be surprised if they're able to keep like that whole starting lineup from this year together though. Yeah. No, I agree. I uh, I definitely agree. I mean, you see, like you see, athletes do it all the time, and you know, not just in the WNBA, like you mentioned, Simone Augustus, but I mean, Tom Brady's playing right now. You know, he's he's right. another example. Like athletes who just have like a crazy long Hall of Fame career, all with one team, and then for some reason, their last like year or two is with a different team. I I don't see Sue Bird doing that though. You know, I could be wrong, but I don't think she's she's going to be one of those players. I think. She's gonna finish out her career with the storm. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, is is there a chance she retires right now and just rides off into the sunset, or do you think she'll resign for another uh, one year deal? I think because of the Olympics, we get another year. I think that's like the sole positive outlook of like <laughs> this whole year is that <laughs> <laughs> the Olympics probably bought us another year of Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi basketball. Um, yeah, I think. We would be having a lot of retirement conversations right now if it wasn't for that. But I think because of that, there's probably a good chance that they'll play next year, assuming that the Olympics happen and everything. I feel like they probably both have one more kind of Olympic gold run in them, and then that'll probably be it. 
left, which is a topic for another time because it's going to make me sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that is, that's a valid point. That, that would be another good kind of sunset to ride off into uh, as much as a WNBA title would be an Olympic gold. Uh, Olympic gold medal. Uh, yeah, I, I also, you know, agree with what you were saying, you know, about uh, Tasha Howard, Alicia Clark. I mean, I think if the Storm want this core group to stay together, um, you know, the starting lineup, I they have to want to stay together. And, they, you know, someone's got to be willing to take a pay cut, which maybe they are uh, willing. You know, maybe they just love playing together so much that they do. Someone does take a pay cut, uh, but I think that's what it'll have to take. I don't know if you can pay all of them. The, the amount of money that they would necessarily all be be worth, so to speak, uh, kind of on the free agent market. Yeah, I agree. I think you're going to have to make some decisions there or the players are going to have to make some decisions to stay together. Um, I do think we haven't talked about Joel Lloyd at all yet, which we need to talk about from Seattle because she just had a fantastic series. But, I mean, you do probably keep at least Stewie and you're going to keep Joel. And then if you keep one of Alicia Clark and Natasha Howard, that's still like a very good – core to be moving forward with right so I don't think they're necessarily at all in trouble if they lose a piece of that but um, yeah it'll be no. interesting to see what happens yeah I mean what definitely could happen you know with the storm and, and their culture and, and their uh just kind of the way that they're you know they're well coached whether it's it's Kloppenberg or Dan Hughes uh and Natasha Howard could go sign a max deal somewhere and Ezzy Magbabor could just break out at age 21 and be just as good. Uh, and they could not lose a step um, right. <laughs> and repeat as champions again, you know, without Natasha Howard and without signing anyone to replace Natasha Howard. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's definitely, you know, a scenario that could happen, but um, yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be fine either way. If, if you got Brianna Stewart uh, on, I mean, really Brianna Stewart with anyone is going to yep. be a playoff <laughs> team. Brianna Stewart with, any any one of those other players in the starting lineup is is a at least you know a, a deep run type of a playoff team. Yeah, and then just like building a team off of you know Brianna Stewart and Joel Lloyd, it probably doesn't get much better than that. You've got two really young, talented players that have a lot of a lot of years left in them. So a great core to build them off. And then you've got I mean, Seabird's only got a year or two left, but. You've got Jordan Canada that played that role most of the season for the Storm and did it well. Um, someone that's kind of just like been really strong for them off the bench when Subert is on the court and ready to move into that role as well. So got a kind of crew of young players there that are shaping up to kind of be then move this team forward and keep them at a high level. Yeah, well, and Jordan Canada, you know, did it for a whole season last year too. So mm-hmm. it's not like exactly. she's going to be thrust into some role she hasn't been in before or isn't ready for um, if, if that, if that, if it, when that does happen. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Should we talk about the aces a little bit? We don't really hit on them too much other than that. They got swept, but I feel like <laughs> there is some positives. Like obviously Asia Wilson was a positive, I think, you know, this is definitely not going to be Asia Wilson's last finals, right? Like she's going to find her way back there. Um, kind of an unfortunate way, I feel like, for her to have ended the season to this kind of such an incredible season. And then they kind of just trailed off here at the end and struggled against Connecticut and then just got swept by the storm. Obviously, Hemby being out, I think, was a big part of that. She's just such a big part of what they do as a team. It's such a hard piece to lose kind of down the stretch. 
Yeah, well, I think it's even harder to lose her against the Storm, not just because the Storm are, you know, way better than everyone else, but <laughs> the Storm have mobile bigs, too. They start in Taja Howard and Brianna Stewart as their bigs. Um, and so you really need someone, if you're going to guard either one of that combo, uh, you know, someone who has the length and the mobility. I mean, Carolyn Swords is 6'6", but she's not mobile enough. Uh, you know, Angel McCautry is mobile, but she's not she's not big enough. Uh Erica Hamby, uh, you know, could, would be the Aces' best player to be able to guard. I mean, Asia guarded Brianna Stewart. Um, Asia's great at defense. No one can guard Brianna Stewart, though. But uh, Erica Hamby's defense on on the Seattle front court in particular, I think, really would have helped. So I was disappointed we didn't get to see that matchup. I think it would have been closer. Um, but there's a lot of positives, like you said, that the Aces can take away. You know, I don't think that many people probably expected them to get to the finals when the season started. I don't think Bill Lambeer did, uh, or at least he said he didn't. So um, they, they, uh, they had a great season for sure. And they, in theory, are probably going to get Liz Cambage back. You know, if she is playing WNBA basketball, I think it'll be with the aces. Uh, Kayla McBride. I'm not sure about, she could leave. Uh, I think she's a free agent, Uh, but Kelsey Plum will be back too. uh, And Mm -hmm. I think they missed her, uh, you know, a lot too in, against the sun and the storm. I think they really missed her. So, I mean, they definitely, their window is wide open. Uh, you know, they're not going anywhere. Uh, and, and I'm excited to see, you know, how they do next season. Agreed. I think one of the biggest things that they're missing is just like a kind of a pure shooter. And I mean, when they get Kelsey Plum back, they definitely get some of that from her. McBride is kind of one of those players as well. Just didn't have a great kind of series with that, but definitely some positive things there for them. Though I do, I'm, Curious about Kim Bates, just to me, I feel like, I don't know, with Kim Bates, with this team, obviously it's Liz Kim Bates and she's incredible, but I feel like it's just their front court is just too crowded with her and Asia in it. I don't know. I'm interested to kind of see what happens with that because I don't know that having both of them on the floor at the same time necessarily makes the aces better, which might be a bit of a hot take. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, I... um... <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like part of me was like actually they look a little bit better. I think this they just space the floor better. They don't have I mean, Asia and Kim Bay just game they're both playing kind of in the post with both of them posted just their spacing doesn't work as well. And I think it gave Asia room to kind of be at the MVP level by not having Kim Bay next to her. I don't think Asia's your MVP if you had Kim Bay on the floor with her. Um, and I, I just don't know that the Aces would have been as good as, as good for this year if you still have that spacing issue in the front court. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I agree with you. I was, uh, as you were talking, I was just looking up this article to, so I could give credit uh, properly. It's by Mike Prada, or Prada. I don't know. I might be pronouncing his name wrong. I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, but he writes for <laughs> SB Nation, and he wrote an article last year towards the end of the year uh, about basically this exact same thing. Uh, the Asia Wilson and Liz Cambage, I mean, it's, they get each other's way. Um, and it's not necessarily that the Aces are like a worse team. You know, I mean, obviously you, when you have both of those players, you're able to get 40 minutes of a dominant post. You know, when one goes to the bench, you still have one out there. Um, versus only 30 to 35 minutes a game of a dominant post. So, I mean, you'd rather have both in than not, but it's a lot of diminishing returns is what it is, where you're really not getting the full value out of two superstars. 
Whereas, you know, if you had a superstar in the front court and a superstar uh, in the back court, uh, it would be different. So I actually agree with you. I don't, I don't necessarily like that combo. And you're right. I don't think Asia's the MVP with Liz Cambage, which, uh, you know, isn't to say that Asia would have been any worse or played any worse. She just wouldn't have put up the numbers. She wouldn't have had the value. Uh, but I don't know if Bill Lambeer agrees with us, though. I mean, I think, I think Bill Lambeer <laughs> just likes to find big bullies who score in the post and play like he did in the 80s. Um, and, you know, he's not particularly interested in spacing, which is a problem sometimes, like it was against the Storm and really against the Sun, too. But somehow it still generally works out like the aces are still a pretty good team um so i don't know i mean if i would like to see you know one of one of those two well not one of those two liz cambage because asia's and asia's gonna be in the aces forever mm-hmm. um she's the face of the franchise i would like to see uh liz cambage somewhere else i guess uh where both of them we could kind of see both the full uh the full effect I don't know if that's the right word for of both of their talents. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know if Bill Lambier's into that idea though. I think he's fine with just whatever two big post scores who don't shoot threes and, and he doesn't really care. <laughs> yeah. I kind of won't be surprised if that's what he ends up doing, assuming Cambage plays next season. But I agree with you that I'd rather see her somewhere else. I'd rather see them find the cap room for McBride because I think McBride is kind of a player that, could work well in their system. She didn't have the best shooting season, but I mean, she's a shooter. She, she'll get out of that. And can someone that can really spread the floor for them and is also strong on the defensive end and a little bit of a bigger guard as well. So can kind of have that stronger defensive play presence. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. But if it was me, which it's not me, then Bill Lambert's opinion is probably very different than mine, but I would be making that <laughs> cat face for McBride, not for Kim Age. <laughs> I, yeah, I absolutely agree. And I, you know, I would love to see them. Uh, I would love to see Jackie Young maybe develop a three-pointer too uh, at some point in the near future of her career. I know it's not necessarily her game, but I mean, she has a mid-range jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 getting harder and harder to play point guard in at any level of basketball without shooting threes. Um, I think that would that would help some of their spacing issues too, because I think Jackie Young brings so much in so many other areas. She's a great defender. She's a very big guard who can be physical and rebound. So uh, I think her, you know, taking that extra step out, being able to shoot, would really help a lot too. Um, and then you know, Angel McCautry is the other one I want to talk about too, because she's uh she's she's one of my favorite players. Uh, I think we've talked about this in Slack a little bit. I feel bad for her. I would have liked to see her get a finals win. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love to see her play well, which she didn't the first couple games against the Sun. And then she kind of broke out. And she's one of the better playoff players of all time. Uh, and one of the better, if not the best player, you know, ever without a ring. So I would I would like to, I know she'll be back with the Aces next year. I would, I would love to see her get a ring. Um, and, and the Aces window isn't closing, but her window is kind of closing. Uh, she's obviously able to play fewer minutes uh at her age coming off of that injury but but she but she's just another one that uh, i think is still a key piece of this team and someone i i like to see succeed agreed and i think we saw that kind of when we are pulling her in as like a key piece to the team 
down the stretch in the playoffs because she her minutes were very limited all season long. But then we saw in the series with the Sun and then in the final series with the Storm as well that she was playing closer to 30 minutes a game versus kind of the 20 I think she was playing for most of the regular season. So they amped up her minutes when it counted. And it is kind of what got them over the hump to get into the finals when they were struggling against the Sun. But unfortunate that they couldn't get just one playoff or finals, I mean, win for her down the stretch here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Sure. Her play, I mean, Asia was phenomenal all five games against the Sun. Eight, when Angel turned it around is really when the Aces turned it around. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to talk about on the finals? Um, I mean, we could we could talk for a week straight about the, <laughs> about finals, but I don't know. Nothing in particular comes to mind. Okay, I feel like to wrap it up, just any kind of closing thoughts on the season you want to share, or any like your kind of top things that you're looking forward to next year as well. Yeah, let's see. Well, we already talked about Elena Deladon versus Brianna Stewart. That's mm-hmm. definitely a top thing I'm looking forward to next year. I think just in general, having players back, you know, we had a lot of opt-outs. Uh, John Quill Jones, uh, you know, you're a Sun fan. I'm sure you're looking forward to her being back, as am I. Uh, yeah, uh, Connecticut front court is just like John Quill Jones, <laughs> Alyssa Thomas, Juana Bonner. It's going to be so much fun to watch. I cannot wait. <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, it's not going to be fair at all. That front court is just going to be... Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that Alyssa Thomas is a free agent, but I hope the Sun will keep her. And I think Jasmine Thomas, they have a lot of free agency decisions to make as well. Jasmine Thomas is also a free agent, I'm pretty sure. So um, some big decisions for them to make there. But hopefully most of that group will be back together. Yeah, I get the, you know, you kind of get the feeling that they will be maybe. I don't, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I hope so too, because they, <laughs> they work well together. Um I think, too, you know, just, you know, you look around at other teams in the league, I think, like, Christy Tolliver and Chene Grumake, you know, someone else I'd point to, uh, looking forward to having back. Um, and, I, and even, I mean, Sabrina, <laughs> looking forward to having her back, too. Um, I, she wasn't an opt-out, but uh, looking forward to year two, which is, in essence, going to be year one for her. Um Looking forward to the Wings, I think, are kind of a team on the rise. They were a day away from the playoffs this year, and I think they could make it next year. Um, so, I mean, those are, I think, some of the storylines I'm looking forward to uh, in 2021. But uh, but hit me with yours. What are, what are your biggest uh, storylines? Other than John Coljone, we already talked about John Coljone. <laughs> yes. What are, what are your other big ones? Um, interested to see what happens with LA just in general because their free agency picture is kind of interesting. Neck is up. Uh, Candace is up. I feel like the last couple playoffs haven't necessarily got as played. I think most people probably remember that kind of final game where the, uh, Derek Fisher like benched Candace Parker last year for a lot of it. And she was not too pleased. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how that all plays out in the offseason and what LA looks like next season. So that's one for me. Also, I mean, obviously there's a kind of a question of does Maya Moore come back if Maya Moore comes back how good is Minnesota if, my, if they get Maya Moore back and Sylvia Powell's healthy that's going to be a lot of fun to watch fingers crossed um, I guess we don't really know if she'll be back or when we'll know that but that could be a lot of fun to watch as well that would be that would be fantastic and they'll probably have some draft pick super low that ends up 
winning rookie of the year yeah. too. So <laughs> second rounder. Yeah. <laughs> Which reminds me of anyone listens to this that like makes March. Like I need a Crystal Dangerfield rookie of the year shirt. I can't get one anywhere. And it's really frustrating me. <laughs> we got any uh we got any breaking tea people out in the audience? Need some need some breaking tea Dangerfield merch. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited to see what happens and then of course you've got you know your rookie class too it's gonna be interesting to me like what washington i forget if washington still has their draft pick or if they traded it because what they could potentially pick up in the draft assuming they still have that draft pick when they've already got so much talent on that roster that it was just you know they were without they were without tina charles they were without elena donald on this season so could potentially pick up a huge draft pick to add on to that already stacked lineup yeah, I, I hate to burst your bubble, Megan. I don't think they do have it, though, um, because uh, Coach Tebow, I believe, told Stella Johnson that she is going to be the uh, de facto draft pick uh, next year. She's going to come uh-huh. to training camp. Um, she played a few games with them this year before getting hurt uh, in her rookie year. So, um, yeah, I could be wrong. I believe uh, that they do not have that pick, though. I'm not, I don't even know if they need it. That would be, you know extra riches that they uh if they get everyone back i think they're gonna be all right <laughs> yeah i don't even think they have honestly they probably don't even have cap room for it but yeah. <laughs> it's <would've just> been <laughs> interesting to see what they could have added with that but yeah yeah i don't know just looking forward to all of it obviously but um yeah, for absolutely. now i guess we count down to college so when this comes out tomorrow it'll be 47 days so super exciting <laughs> <laughs> yeah we both got that countdown countdown going i, I know i'm uh, are you like me megan are you more of a college person than Denver? yeah yeah i'm more of a college person so i'm yeah. very excited um i keep trying to like curb my enthusiasm because i'm like if it doesn't happen or like something blows up but i don't want to get my hopes up but that i also literally have a countdown going on my phone so we're not doing great at the <laughs> trying to act like it might not happen <laughs> yeah i <laughs> at this point the way sports are going i think it's gonna happen i think yeah. i mean all the other sports i questioned whether they would happen and they're all happening i just think there's going to be a lot of there will be cancellations there will be postponements there's yeah. going to be you know a game where we're excited to see a superstar player and then that superstar player doesn't play because they have covid um mm-hmm. so there's gonna be a lot of weirdness that we're gonna have to get used to but i mean some sort of season's gonna happen uh i'm like you i have a hard time you know i'm trying to trying to keep my expectations low too but i mean i have a hard time i've missed college basketball i'm excited that it's back fans or not yeah agreed agreed hopefully would love to like get into a couple games this year if they let media in or something to actually be in a basketball arena i miss it so much but agreed even if it's just from my couch i cannot wait to watch college basketball in winter so really looking forward to that i uh i told the uh illinois state uh SID that I'll uh I'll come I'll be glad to sit in the upper bowl where you know <laughs> away from miles away from anyone else I don't care I'll just uh, you know let let us media into the game somehow into the arena I want to I want to see see the games yeah I feel the same way I'm like you can literally stick me in the back row in the back corner <laughs> like 
100 feet away from everyone. I don't care. Just let me in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, hopefully, it sounds like schedules are starting to kind of take form. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll start having schedules and things like that to talk about. I feel like that's kind of the big holdup of like what to talk about in college basketball right now is no one really knows who's playing who yet, but um, <laughs> should be exciting to kind of start talking about that and some of the big players from last year and all that fun stuff, who the new like big names are going to be. Sabrina's gone, obviously. So who's going to be stepping into that role? Pac-12 obviously still going to be good. So lots of fun stuff to talk about, which will be coming in the next few weeks. Yeah, definitely. Oregon's going to be a big storyline. And your, your UConn is moving to the Big East. So mm-hmm. that'll be fun to talk about too. Yeah, definitely. Um, a good move for them, obviously, compared to the American in terms of conference play. And hopefully some of those big games stay in the books. So we'll get to see our, you know, marquee like Baylor, South Carolina, UConn, so the world all play each other. I think those are always, you know, your big Monday games or whatever. want to hopefully keep most of those on the books. Hopefully that'll all work out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We can't we can't miss those uh, those UConn non-conference random top five games in february (laughs) yep exactly and then like yeah i'm pretty sure like baylor and south carolina are supposed to be on their each other's schedules it's always fun to get to watch those top teams kind of play together i feel like it's the only way you can really tell who you think is the best team going into march is to watch them play each other because there is i feel like just such a separation a lot of times between like the top tier and the next tier in college basketball yeah, exactly. You got to have some non-conference because, you know, if, it, if it, I mean, I know like some college football, I don't follow it too much, but I know some of them are going conference only or whatever. And I mean, if you do that, it's just how do you know who's the best team? I mean, if we if we never get to see Oregon, UConn, yeah. Baylor, South Carolina play each other, who, who knows? Oh, it would just be a total nightmare from a like trying yeah. to make a bracket perspective. I cannot imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my brackets are already terrible anyway, so. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I don't know if mine would change too much, but <laughs> yeah, I just meant from like even like a seating perspective, like how do yeah, you see oh, teams right. they only yeah. playing conferences? Like you just have no idea. So yeah, um, there's like no crossover data points that you could use. So yeah, it'll be right, interesting exactly. to see how it all kind of comes together, how the tournament ended up working and all. But I'm sure yeah. it'll all slowly come into view. So hopefully, over the next few weeks, we'll have more on that front to talk about. Yeah, hopefully next time we uh, we do a podcast together, Megan, we'll be talking about uh, talking about some of those games. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you for joining today, Calvin. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. Well, that's all for today's episode and a wrap on our podcast coverage of the WNBA season for 2020. As always, if you like what you heard on the podcast, be sure to rate review, subscribe wherever you're listening, whether that be iTunes, Spotify, or elsewhere. Also, we'll be switching over to college basketball content in the coming weeks. So if you've got suggestions, things you want to hear us talk about, about college basketball or anything else on the podcast, feel free to reach us at podcast at herhoopstats.com or on Twitter at herhoopstats. And you can also reach me on Twitter at Megan Gower. Um, Love to hear your suggestions and things you want to hear about. So definitely reach out. Make sure you're subscribed to our free newsletter as well so you get all of our upcoming content straight to your inbox. And check out the stats website at herhoopstats.com. You can see those final WNBA stats for the season as well as college stats for last season while we wait for the upcoming season to start. And that website is still in free preview mode. So definitely check it out. And then when um, it goes out of preview mode, subscribe so you can get all of your NCAA basketball 
stats and WNBA basketball stats. Thanks again for listening. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.